Once again, happy Sabbath, family. It's uh, a new month, and uh, that means that we are in a new series. And I'm excited because this particular series, I believe, is going to strike at the core of who we are. And that is, I believe, that it is going to help us in determining how we see things, how we feel, because I think that one of the battles that we are facing is the battle of the mind battles of uh, the mind see when a child faces challenges whether it's the fear of math tests or dealing with bullies at school or the fear of public speaking a child might cry I can't do it The child needs to transition from I can't do it to how can I do it. This is fundamental. You see, a child needs to mine the mind and to figure out why they cried I can't do it. To figure out why am I stuck here? Why can't I move forward? Why am I fearful? Why am I frustrated? A child needs to think about what they are thinking about. You see, education scholars call this metacognition. Thinking about thinking. Say, for example, uh, let's take math, for example. A child discovers that math makes me afraid, it makes me anxious. With the help of a parent or a teacher or a mentor, a child needs to process the question, why am I afraid of math? What is it about math that is making me so anxious? And what is it that I need to do in order to solve this? So a child, after processing this question, they may uncover that they are fearful of math because they don't understand why math is important. They don't get why they must balance equations. They don't get why they must solve fractions. They don't get division and multiplication. They don't get that. So a child is failing to connect math to the real world. So a parent or a teacher or a mentor needs to help the child to figure out or to develop their math sense. They need to help the child to see that counting and numbers are the essence of life. So a parent or a child or a mentor uh, may create an environment that will aid the child uh, to develop their math sense. So they might provide rulers. They might provide 
clocks. They might provide watches. They might provide a, a weighing scale. A parent will try to put posters around the room or in a classroom so that a child will begin to see and to try to develop their math sense. As, as, as a child is being taken to the store, a parent will try to uh, help a child to understand that it is important to calculate the change so that you you, you know how much you get back and people do not cheat you. If they're at the dinner table, a parent might, might tell a child, how many spoons of rice do you want? How many servings of uh, salt or ayam do you want? And, and we'll try to help the child to figure out and to see that math is extremely important. That numbers and mathematics, they determine time. They determine weight. They determine uh, everything about life. You see, helping a child to process their fear of mathematics, to think about what they think about, is a lot better than telling a child they are bad at math. Because when you tell a child they're bad at math or they're good at math, what you have done is you have fixed, you have fixed the child in a specific mindset. And when they have been fixed in a specific mindset, then there is no room for change. There is no room for growth. If a child believes that they are bad at mathematics, they are always going to think they are bad at mathematics. When they go to math class, they're going to think they are bad at mathematics. When it is time to budget, they're going to think they are bad at mathematics. When it is time to calculate the amount of money they have gotten, they're going to think I am bad at mathematics because they live in a fixed mindset. But when you allow a child to think about what they think, about to process why they think a certain way you allow the child to develop a fluid mindset and that makes all the difference that allows a child now to figure out ways and solutions to how they can solve the problems that they have the reality is this that you and I a lot of times are in a fixed mindset Many of the battles that we face is because we are in a fixed mindset. Is because we think a certain way. It is because our minds are set in a certain way and therefore we are stuck in a particular situation. If we are to win the battles of the mind, we will need to process how we think through things. So I want to welcome you to mindset a four-part series beginning today and ending at the end of the month in dealing with how we can win the battles of the mind many of us are losers or winners brother donald because of the mindset putra the mindset gun the mindset Many of us are losing in life. We are not winning in life because of mindset. Some of us are defeated before we go to the interview. 
Some of us feel we are no good before we even try because we are in a fixed mindset. We are stuck at a specific place and we have already lost the battle because the battle here has been lost up here. And so I want to begin this series in Matthew chapter 15 verse 1 to number 20. In this particular passage and text, Jesus is confronting a mindset. You see, Jesus, I love Jesus. I love Jesus because Jesus always finds ways to make things easier for us. In this passage, Jesus is dealing with a mindset that instead of being a blessing to people, is actually a burden. So turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 15. And I want to read beginning in verse number 1. And two, and then we're going to jump to verse number 11, and then finally verse number 17 to verse number 18. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 1, Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples... Transgress the tradition of the elders. For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Verse 3, Jesus responded, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Here we have two mindsets. Jesus is focused on the word of God. The Pharisees, they are focused on the tradition of the elders. Here we have a battle of mindsets. Uh, jump with me to verse number uh, 10. When he had called the multitude himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Think it through. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Jesus is changing a mindset. Now jump with me to verse number uh, 17. Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which, are, which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, mindset, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Allow me to label this sermon, think about what you think about. Think about what you think about. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I'm excited. And I pray, Lord, that you'll be a channel of, of communication. And I want you to speak to my brother and sister today and impact them for you. Lord, help them to see Jesus. Help me to show Jesus. I humbly pray. Amen. So, you know, coronavirus has done something in our lives. Everyone. Coronavirus has challenged us to wash our hands everywhere you go every building that you are you go to challenges us to wash our hands there is a a, a wastafel there is a, a hand a hand at uh, the soap everywhere we go now we must wash our hands because washing hands is a big deal 
Now in the time of Jesus, washing of hands was also a big deal. Before they ate any meal, they had to wash their hands. Now, look, look at here. I think and I believe that washing of hands is important. I mean, before I eat any meal, naturally, I find myself going to the wasterfell, to the sink to wash my hands before I ingest food. Because I just think it's hygiene, hygienic to wash your hands before you eat food. You understand what I mean? So in the time of Jesus, it was essential for them to wash their hands before that they ate food. That was their mindset. But it wasn't just the fact that they were washing their hands for hygienic purposes. For them, the washing of hands determined the level of holiness. The more the hands, the more hands that you washed, the, 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 the way you wash your hands, it determined how holy you were. If you did not wash your hands, it indicated that your level of holiness was not good. It was bad. In fact, one rabbi said, we wash our hands because we want to ensure that we get rid of any contamination from sin. But you see, Jesus flipped the script. He did not allow his disciples to wash hands before they ate. To him, he did not see the connection between washing of hands and holiness. So whether his disciples washed hands or not did not matter. But the report of Jesus' actions in not allowing his disciples to wash their hands reached their religious leaders in Jerusalem. And therefore, they sent a delegation of the scribes and the Pharisees to confront Jesus about this. The scribes were the interpreters of the law. The Pharisees were the practitioners of the law. They fit like hand in glove. And so they confronted Jesus. They asked, they had confronted Jesus, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Jesus, why are you breaking tradition? Why are you changing something that has been said? Jesus responded with a question. Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your... Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Right here what we have is an issue of authority. You see, when the Pharisees and the scribes, they wanted to make an investment, they made, they made sure that it had a check from a tradition of the elders. If they considered somebody to marry, they made sure that they had a check from the tradition of the elders. If they wanted to make a move to another location, they made sure that it received a check from the tradition of the elders. Everything about their life was, was based upon the authority of the tradition of the elders. Everything that they thought about, 
Their thinking process was, does it align, does it fit the tradition of the elders? And Lord knows that some of us still live just like that. We must fit within the tradition of our families, within the tradition of society, within the tradition of our friends. We live our lives aligning ourselves to human authority. But for Jesus, he did not think tradition first he thought he thought is does this meet god's approval if jesus was advising somebody to get married he did not say do your friends like him does your family like him no jesus would say does god like him or does god like her if Jesus was advising somebody to make an investment, they, he did not say, find the prime location. He did not say, go to this particular place. He always said, are you going to serve God with this first? Jesus always put God's authority first because it mattered for Jesus who had authority. And so what we have right here is that the disciples or the Pharisees and the scribes are approaching Jesus based on human authority. Jesus is confronting them based on God's authority. The reality is this, Brother Donald. We stake our thinking either based on the authority of human tradition or the authority of the word of God. That's right. That's what it is. We base thinking, our thinking, what we think about, what we process based on the authority of human tradition or the word of God. Now, now you see, when we are born or when parents have children, is that they create an authority kind of environment. Within the home circle, a parent will formulate the child's thinking. How we think, how we feel, how we, we see things is developed within the family circle. And God invented it that way. You see, I am glad, Brother Donald, for the environment that my family created. I remember when I was young that when we would sit at the dinner table or the breakfast table or the lunch table, usually we ate dinner and breakfast together, lunch, we were often at school. But when we were sitting at the breakfast table, my, my father would go, uh, would ask each one of us kids what was the plan for the day, especially when it was vacation time. So we had to explain to, to my dad, okay, dad, after we eat breakfast, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and, and make my bed. I'm going to clean my room. After I clean my room, I'm going to take a shower. After I take a shower, I'm going to study. And, 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 and my dad always wanted to hear that we're going to study. My dad, my dad wanted us to be readers and, and, and to, be, to be intelligent. So he, said, he, he, always, he always loved it when we said we're going to read. And then we say, okay, daddy, after I read, I'm going to, to go and play with my friends. And then I'll just have fun. He'd be like, oh, that's good. That's good, Henry. And, you know, I appreciate that because until now, every day that I wake up in the morning, I ask myself, what am I going to accomplish today? How am I going to be productive today? What am I going to do for myself? And many of you can appreciate the fact that in, within the environment that your parents created is that it developed your thinking. It developed who you are. And that is a good thing. 
And when human authority uh, allows us to develop the best way that we can be, when we develop to, to, to what God has intended, it is a good thing. But a lot of times, hear me carefully, human authority can become like handcuffs that limits God's authority. You see, Aristotle proposed that if you throw if you throw a weight, a heavy weight, something heavy to the ground, it's going to hit the ground faster than something that is lighter. So for 2,000 years, uh, people believed Aristotle's theory. But in 1589, Galileo it took professors to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And there he climbed to the top of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And he took a weight of 10 kilograms and a weight of 1 kilogram. And he threw them at the same time. And what happened is that these two weights, different, different weights, hit the ground at the same time. And those learned professors looked at this experiment and they saw it, it was real, but they failed to believe their eyes and they failed to believe Galileo because Aristotle said it. They were stuck on Aristotle and they were not willing to move to Galileo. Listen to me carefully. Human authority becomes a problem because a lot of times we are stuck on Aristotle instead of moving to Galileo. We are stuck on our upbringing. We are stuck on what we have been taught to the point that we are not willing to move to what God is teaching. When you cannot move from human authority to God's authority, then you are under the handcuffs of human authority. And here Jesus is saying, we can never live as Christians. We can never live as believers handcuffed to human authority. We need to be able to transition to God's authority. Yes, brother and sister, hear me carefully. Galileo or Aristotle, he started the theory of gravity and that was good. And here Jesus does not say that the tradition is bad. He's not saying it's terrible. He's not saying that. He's simply saying, what is the priority here? What is the authority here? Why are you transgressing the command of God because of your tradition? You see, the reason why Jesus attacked this hand washing is because God had instructed the priest in the Old Testament to wash their hands at the temple. But here is the thing. Everybody in the nation was not a priest. So not everybody was required was required to wash their hands. But the scribes and the Pharisees took what was only reserved, was only required of a select group, and they made it for everybody. And, and sometimes it is like that. Human authority becomes even stricter than God. That what God made so simple Somehow human authority finds a way to make it more difficult. 
And Jesus is saying, I will not place authority on something that has no authority. In fact, this washing of hands was developed close to the time Jesus was born. So it was something very new. And so they were making something that was not essential, essential. They're making something that was not important, important. And Jesus is saying, you do not need to base your thinking process on something that is not essential. What he's saying is this. When you weigh your thinking processes, make sure that it tips in favor of God's word. Amen. This is crucial as we talk about mindset. When you're thinking about thinking and what you're processing, you need to make sure that it should tip in the favor of God's word. It needs to lean towards God's side. It needs to stand on God's side. It needs to be based on God's word. You see, I love Job because Job, he weighed his thinking Based on God's word. He, he said it like this. I have not departed from the commands. From his commands. But I've treasured his words. More than daily food. You see. before You see I love Job. Because he studied. The word of God. Before he filled his stomach. He looked at the word of God. And allowed God's word. To impact his thinking. He made sure that. Before he had breakfast. He had broken the word of God. He made sure that he had filled his mind. With the word of God. He made sure that his life was based on the authority of the word of God. Let me tell you, brother and sister, it is more important to live by the word of God than physical food. Jesus said it, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. A man needs to live. He needs to think based upon the word of God. He should not think based upon the newspaper. He should not think based upon the treat of feed. He should not think based upon BTC. He should not think based upon some popular movie. He needs to think based upon the word of God. Because when you have the authority of the word of God in you, guess what? God gives you his authority. Listen to me carefully. When you have the authority of, of the word of God in your system and you live by that authority, guess what? You can tell the mountain to move out of place and it will move. You can tell the devil flee and he'll flee. You can tell your temptations get away from me and they'll get away from you because you are functioning under the authority of the word of God and you have power. Many of us are weak today. We don't know what to do because God's authority and God's power is not in us. But when you have God's authority and God's power, when you're living by that authority, then you know how to say no then you know how to handle stress and success. Then you know how to deal with somebody who is getting on your nerves. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know how to handle things in your life. 
And so when it comes to our thinking processes, uh, we need to think, what is the authority of my thinking based on? Is it human tradition? Or is it based on God's word? Having talked about the authority, Jesus moves to the source. And this is what Jesus says about the source. Uh, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man. But what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Right here, Jesus is responding to the question that the Pharisees asked him. They asked him, why do you allow your disciples to eat with unwashed hands? Now, Jesus, he is responding. He's saying to them, washing your hands, chuchitangan, washing your hands outwardly does not do anything for you. It doesn't cleanse you. It doesn't make you any more holy because the issue is not what's outside. The issue is what's on the inside. In one statement, Putra, Jesus squashed everything that the Pharisees thought about. In one statement, Jesus presented a whole new way of looking at holiness, purity, and acceptability before God. So one time I'm traveling with some friends. And as I'm traveling with some friends, I needed some cash. Now, in my mindset and in my thinking, in order for me to get cash, I need to go to the ATM. Let me say it as like an Indonesian, ATM. So I need to go to an ATM to withdraw some cash. And so as we are traveling the street, I am scanning left and right. And my mind is looking for a BCA ATM. And I can't see any. And so somebody in the car says to me, Pastor, you want to withdraw money? I said, yes. Do you know that you can withdraw money from Indomaret? I'm like, wait, I can withdraw money from Indomaret? Yes, Pastor, you can. Let me show how it's done. So we pulled over, went into an Indomaret, and we withdrew money that day. And here I was, stuck in a certain mindset, thinking that I need to go to a BCA ATM to withdraw money. But now a new way opened up for me. That I no longer needed to be stuck in one way of doing things. But I could go to an Indomaret and do a Tariq Tunai. Get that cash. Here was a new way that I never thought about. And it freed me. And that's, that is what Jesus is doing right here. He is trying to free them. He is telling them. It is not what you. what is it, Washing your hands. Is not what achieves holiness. No, 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 no. You've been looking at it the wrong way. You've been seeing it the wrong way. You need to think about it in a, a different way. Because when you think through. That I need to be cleansed inside. Then it doesn't matter how many times you wash your hands. It doesn't matter how many times you sanitize yourself. In fact, doing that does not help you at all. And so here Jesus opened up a new way to think things. And that's what this series is about. That we need to start thinking about issues in a different way. We should not simply be, be stuck to what we have always been taught. To how we have always seen it. To how 
how I always understood it. We need to be open to the fact that there are other ways to do it. In fact, more convenient ways to do it. Because I love Jesus. Jesus is so good, good. Because Jesus always tries to make it easier on us. Jesus is saying, you don't need to struggle. Because here's the thing. If somebody wanted to wash their hands, Donald, and they were traveling, they needed to find water. Can you imagine? You are in a desert. There's no water. But because the rules say you have to wash your hands, you will struggle and struggle. You will not eat your lunch because your hands are not washed. Jesus is saying that is nonsense. That, is, that is, doesn't, doesn't make sense because Jesus wants you, you, you and me to understand that salvation is easy. Salvation is not difficult. Salvation is not so complicated. You see, all you need to do if you haven't accepted Jesus is knock all his simply to say, Lord, here I am. I accept you. In fact, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come into him and dine with him. Jesus wants to make it absolutely easy for you. He doesn't want it to be difficult. So Jesus is saying, this washing of hands is... Yeah, you've been thinking about it the wrong way. It's not actually helping you to be more holy. In fact, it is only simply making you, making, making a burden out of you. Now, now you see, uh, Peter and the crew did not understand what Jesus meant when he said, it's not what you put in that defiles a man. It's what goes out. They didn't get this. So they asked Jesus, please explain the parable to us. Jesus explained this to us. We, 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 we don't get it. This is very strange. You see, because they have been with Jesus and he has not been allowing them to wash their hands. He hasn't insisted that they wash their hands. They should have paid attention. They should have been observing that, wait a minute, Jesus is changing the script uh, for us. And this is what Jesus asked them. Are you still without understanding? Do you not still get it? Do you not still see that your time with me should change how you think about things? Should change how you see things? And here's what I need you to know. Time spent with Jesus should expand our thinking capacity. We should not be thinking the same way. We should be thinking differently. Unfortunately, many of us, we still see God like how we saw God 10 years ago. God to us is still the same as how we saw him five years ago. We pray the same. We study the same. We give the same. Nothing has changed because our views of God haven't changed. And so Jesus is saying, all of this time together hasn't changed how you think. All of this time together hasn't uh, created new pathways in your brain. You are still the same. Yes, Jesus expects you and me to grow, to expand, and to be to be to be greater and grander in our thinking. He, he wants us, as Paul says, to put away childish thoughts and to develop mature thoughts. Hallelujah, somebody. We need to think differently. We need to look at it differently, but I love Jesus because Jesus always meets us at our point of need. Even though we do not understand, Jesus always takes time to help us to understand. And so Jesus comes 
And he asks them a question. Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. Jesus is saying and explaining to them using the digestive process. This is what Jesus is saying. Look, look, look. Peter, James, and John, Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, Philip. Look, look at him. He, Judas was also there. You see, when you eat something, because they focus on washing their hands, and so if they ate something, they didn't wash their hands, they thought that it would defile them. But Jesus is saying, no, let me give you a little anatomy lesson right here. You know, Jesus, Jesus knew biology. He knew everything. He says, let me give you a, a little anatomy lesson right here. When you eat something, you swallow it. It goes into your stomach. After it goes into your stomach, some of it is absorbed in your system, but the rest of it goes out as waste. Now, you know, Jesus is like, hmm. Now, if I was listening to this, I'm like, hey, Jesus, you're a little bit... This is a little nasty right here. But he wants to make the point clear to them. He's saying, you have been focusing on a physical act. You have been thinking that physically doing something is buying you holiness. No, you are looking at the wrong way. By the way, people look at this text and they say, Jesus said we can eat anything. No, that's not what he's talking about. The context here, he's talking about purity and acceptability before God. Nobody should use this text to say I can eat shrimp, I can eat lobster, none of that. No, 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 no. That's not what Jesus is talking about right here. Let me just make that clear. So Jesus is explaining to them, no, 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 you have been looking at it in the very wrong way. And this is what he's saying to them. He says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. He's saying, these are the things. This is the problem. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Jesus right here is saying we need to look at the source of impurity. We need to look at the source of why you are defiled. And the source is your thinking. Going to need to show that text again. Matthew 15, 19 to 20. Put it on the screen again. He says, for out of the heart, out of the mind, proceed, come out. The, the heart, the, the mind, here is the, is, is the word we get cardiac, cardiac, uh, cardia in, in, in English. Here, uh, Jesus is saying, for out of the heart, out of the mind, proceed evil thoughts. They proceed murders, proceed adulteries and fornications and thefts and false witness and blasphemy. Jesus is saying, this is what you need to think about. Because that's where it's coming from. When, when, you, when you get angry, it's because it's coming from the source, your mind. When you want to steal something, it's coming from the source, your mind. He said, what Jesus is pointing out and what we need to see is that he's saying the source of your thinking and your mindset can hurt you. In fact, it is hurting you. It is what is causing you to be in a defiled state. It's not you washing hands. 
before you eat a meal. That's, that's not hurting you at all. What is hurting you is what you are thinking about. So he's saying, I want you to think about what you think about. You see, a source can hurt you. Praise the Lord, many of us, we, we drink uh, purified water. We, we go to Indomaret or we go to Family Mart. We buy our aqua bottles. We, we buy our different other kind of bottles. Some of us even drink sparkling water. But there are two billion people in the world that drink contaminated water. And because they drink contaminated water, many of them are suffering from cholera and dysentery and diarrhea because the source can hurt you. Drinking from a contaminated source can hurt you. And that's what Jesus is saying. The source of your mind, the source of what you're thinking about is contaminated. And because it is contaminated, it is hurting you. I need you to know that what we think about can hurt us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And many of us are hurting not because of what somebody did to us. Not because we tripped over. Not because it's not working out at the office. It's because of what we are thinking about. Our thoughts. The source is contaminated. Because thoughts create. Thoughts create. You feel anxious and afraid. The thoughts created it. You feel angry at him or her. The thoughts created it. You feel like you are nobody. The thoughts created it. You feel like you can't get a job. The thoughts created it. You feel like you can't lose weight. The thoughts created it. You feel like you're not smart enough. The thoughts created it. Thoughts create. They have power. We are the sum total of what we think about. We are, we are what we think about. And that's what Jesus is trying to help and to emphasize to you and I. And that's what I'm trying here to help you to understand. That the battle is right here in the mind. Right here. It's right here. So Jesus transitions not only to talk about the source, but he, he helps us to come to see the outcome of thinking and, and, and what happens. And here is what Jesus says. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These, these, these are the things which defile. Here Jesus is saying this is the outcome. Of the thoughts that come from a contaminated mind source, they defile. They defile. They, they make you unclean. They put you in a situation that you cannot be accepted before God. Now, many of us, when we buy water or we buy certain things, there is a seal there. And it says... It says, do not accept if broken. 
You feel me? Do not accept if broken. What Jesus is saying, do not accept if it's broken. And that's what it means for something to be defiled. Do not accept it. Do not take it. Do not, do not make it yours. And Jesus is saying, because of your thinking, the outcome is you're defiled. And because you're defiled, God cannot accept you. God doesn't want you. God cannot, you, you think washing your hands, you think doing something religiously is making you accepted before God. No, your mind is what is keeping you away from God. So Jesus is saying, strive to make sure what you think about is acceptable before God. Don't think about washing your hands. Think about your mindset. Because when you're praying to God, God is thinking, is, is focusing on how badly you treated your wife when you told her she was good for nothing. He, he's thinking about that, your, your thought. You know, he's thinking about that. So you're praying, he can't accept you because of your thinking process. You're praying, Lord, give me money. But the Lord is saying, you stole money. And you're thinking about stealing this money. So God cannot, cannot accept you. So he's saying, your thinking process is what is keeping you from God accepting you. You are not acceptable before God. And unless you think inwardly first, unless you change what is up here first, then God cannot, cannot accept you. You see, many of us focus too much on the outside. We focus too much on being acceptable, looking acceptable. Uh, we, we, we want that approval rating. We, we want that good job. We, we want that thumbs up. We want that clap. And many of us will climb mountains. We will cross oceans to be accepted. We will change how we dress to be accepted. We will change how we talk to be accepted. We will even change how we walk. I remember in high school, I, I, I used to walk straight. But because everybody around me used to do a little... You know, a little limp, you know, I said, well, if I want to be accepted, Brother Donald, I also need to put a, a little limp to, to, to my walk because I want it to be acceptable. And, and, and Jesus is saying, that's not, what, that's not what's important. What matters is how acceptable you are before God. If we are to change how we think about how we think about and how we are processing things, we need to think, is God accepting me today? Is what I'm thinking about my job acceptable before God? Is what I'm thinking about my family acceptable before God? Is what I'm thinking about this sermon <laughs> acceptable before God? What am I thinking about right now? Did that thought to look and look again, is that acceptable before God? When I said, I'm a, mm, 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 is that acceptable before God? You see, what we need to do, listen to me carefully, to be acceptable before God is we need to give our hearts back to God. 
Because the truth of the matter is, the Bible says, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And if I'm to be honest, honest with you, sometimes I cannot even believe the things that I'm thinking in my mind. Sometimes in my mind, I play how angry I'm going to be at somebody and what I'm going to tell them to tell them off. Yes, I play that in my mind. And I say, well, when I meet them, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. They're going to know who I am. I'm going to show them, blah, 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 blah. That's what sometimes goes on in my mind. That's what sometimes happens in my heart. And as long as we do not give our thinking over to God, this is what Jesus is saying. These people, they speak a lot about me. They preach about me. They sing about me, but their heart is not close to me. And unless God has your heart, unless God has the source, unless God has authority over your thinking, the outcome is that you're going to be far from God. The outcome is that there is nothing that you're going to accomplish for yourself. You cannot save yourself. You cannot help yourself. It's only when you give your mind over to God that things are going to change. In 2004 to 2007, MTV had a show called Pimp My Ride. And in this show, what they would do is they would take a dilapidated car. I'm talking about a jalopy. This is the kind of car that you don't want to be seen in. It's the kind of car that makes noise. It's busted. It's rusted. It's just terrible. But they would take that car and they would customize it and make it into something beautiful what i'm here to tell you is that our minds are like a dilapidated car they're a jalopy they are busted they are rusted what we need to do is to give them over to god so that he can customize them so that he can work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure that he can create in us a clean heart that he can renew our minds that we may be transformed so that what we think about is good lovely and of a good report so that we are not in, 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 in shame so that our minds are healthy when we give them over to God he will customize them and he will make them something beautiful and something wonderful only when you give your mind over to God is when he can change what you think about what you think Only when you give it to God, he can change what you think about. I want to give my heart and my mind to God. I want God to change how I think. I want God to change how I see things. I don't know about you, but I want God to do that for me. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Heavenly Father, we want to give you our minds and our hearts. We want you to change what do we think about? Father, when we look at the mind, we realize that it is contaminated. It is, it is bad. And, and only when you can get into our minds and change us can it be transformed. Father, we are coming to you today. Because we want to win the battle in the mind. We want things to change in us. So, Father, help us today to give you our mind, give you our thoughts. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. God bless you. See you next week.